Okay, San Francisco, damn, I thank you for tuning in. Didi LaFrac, keep it real, won't you tell it like it is. Bohemian woman up in San Francisco, talking life plenty convo. Super honest, you already know, the dopest, coolest podcast, yo. Yeah, sharing her life, her stories, I hope you ready, sit back, relax. Hey everybody, it's Didi, this is San Francisco, damn, for Wednesday, December 14th. 2022. I hope everybody is doing well. I am doing wonderful. Thank you, new listeners, for coming by. And regular listeners, I love you. I am here to talk about why I never moved to Hollywood. I'm thinking about Elvis Presley, of all people. Elvis Presley is my 2022 eye worm. Do you know what an earworm is when you get a song stuck in your head and you cannot get that song out of your head? For the past two years, my video eyeworm was Beyonce. I love watching her perform, very energetic, sexy. She does great choreography. And I'm not a I'm not in the Bay Hive. I'm not a really intense Beyonce stan. I love to watch her perform. And I am captivated by Bay Cella when she performed at Coachella. I think that's one of the top ten best show business performances in my humble opinion so Elvis Presley being my eye worm of 2022 I like a guy that is emotionally intelligent and empathetic gallant protective of women and Elvis is all of that now I'm a Motown baby Motown baby New Wave OG. I know a lot about different types of music, classical music, African music, rockabilly, etc. My mother used to listen to Elvis. She's from the South. My parents, both of my parents. Beautiful young Southern couple who married. Young, beautiful people. I didn't really get into Elvis that much until this year. Of course I knew about him. Who didn't know about Elvis Presley? What I like about him is that He's so charismatic and very kind to women on stage. And to go further than that, he is a good example of how show business tears those people down because it seems easy looking at it from the outside. Like, oh, all you have to do is just perform for an hour. People who have never been on stage have no idea what they're talking about. Like, you just don't wake up, oh, I'm going to jump on stage. It's the preparation. It's your head when you're on the pillow thinking about the next day. It's the rehearsal. It's getting the art together, getting a team together, resting enough, and then quieting the voices in your head. I'm performing since the 1980s. I know. How could that be when I'm just a spring chicken? Uh, okay, I'm a Cornish game hen. I, <laughs> I admit it. However, from my many mixed media art mediums from wearable art to award-winning animation, award-winning public cable access TV, critically acclaimed acting, all that. I've been down to Hollywood performing three or four times and I never wanted to move to Hollywood. I'm an intuitive gal, always listen to my intuition, and I knew if I moved to Hollywood when I was young, size zero, perky it would have spit me up and chewed me out the first time i went to hollywood outside of performing 
I was, um, I looked around, I'm like, great. But when I went down there, there to perform, first it was the Cafe Largo, some connections I had from the DNA Lounge. That was one of Brian Raffi's connections. Shout out to Brian Raffi. I've had a lot of guys that have supported my arts career. I'm a womanist. I am definitely not one of those chicks that talk about I hate men. You guys never hear me talk about that because I know how essential men are to me and womanist. Feminists are the ones that are hypocrites. They talk about they don't like men. They pretend like they're going at it alone and they're completely and totally supported by men. Now I went down to perform at Cafe Largo with uh, Richard, another guy. It went okay. I got They ripped off some of my ideas. See when you go down to Hollywood and you're unknown all the producers, they're constantly, they're like catfish. A catfish is a scavenger on the bottom of the swamp going around eating the crap that falls at the bottom. So in Hollywood, the producers and their associates are catfish. They go to all the underground mics, all the funky little coffee shops, whatever is available where you have rough, unvarnished, diamond-in-the-rough talent. They go down there to suck, appropriate and repurpose and water down ideas. Do you really think a 60-year-old pampered multimillionaire is coming up with all these great, wonderful ideas for movies and TV shows? Of course not. Also, they rip off college interns, interns, etc. So when I went down there performing, I did my one-woman show at the Cafe Largo, which at the time was a hipster shop, hipster coffee shop or something like that, went through the back end. And I was like, mm, I look at photographs, I could have been modeling. Well, I was modeling, I mean like high fashion model. And then I went back down with the Tony Award winning San Francisco Mime Troupe. We stayed down in Hollywood, I love Hollywood Boulevard by the way. We would eat at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles on Glower Street. I love, love, love Hollywood Boulevard. There's something about it that makes me feel really good. We got a great review, I got a great review for my acting, I remember. When that review came out in the LA Times and they were talking about us, I woke the entire team up. We had different hotel rooms. I'm jumping on top of everybody's bed and they didn't necessarily pick me out as the star of the show. They gave us a great review as a team. Now that would have been the perfect time for me to say, okay, I'm going to stay down here in LA, but I didn't because I listened to my gut. Now when you are young and pretty and skinny, and some of you are that right now, you are probably insecure. That's how they could sell more perfume, makeup, and skincare to girls in their 20s because they manipulate their insecurities. I didn't want to go to Hollywood because I didn't want to have my insecurities manipulated. And I used to make jokes. I said, I like my breasts exactly where they are. I like my nipples where they are. You don't, you're not going to move my nipples up for a breast implant. I like my nose exactly where it is. You're not going to narrow my nostrils or take something off the tip. I'm not going to take the ivy skin bleaching like so many black and mixed race and Indian and Hispanic ladies do. They do the ivy skin lightening. Yeah, they do. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay up in San Francisco. And now everybody wants to be famous. This is sexist, womanist, bohemian excellence. It's the San Francisco Dam Zone with Dee Dee People want to get famous doing some recycle stupid dance on TikTok. People think that their children are going to be famous football and basketball stars. How could there be? Like every year in America, there are 400, uh, maybe it's a thousand professional athletes, like a thousand class A professional athletes. And you really 
think that your child's going to be one of those. Like, I don't think so. So many people want to be famous and they don't think of the repercussions of fame. One, when you are famous, you need more security. You're going to be leaving your house. You need cameras inside, outside. Or if you're leaving your house for a long time, besides the cameras inside, outside, you need a house sitter. Most people don't want to sit in your house for free. And then when you're famous, you need an entourage. You think everybody's going to be feeding you for free? Like you're Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. They used to like go around and get all the freebies in the 90s and the early 2000s. No, no, no. When you're famous, you have to go out and start paying for stuff. Do you think you're going to go in stores and get everything free? Everybody thinks they're going to be famous on reality shows, on TikTok, on YouTube. It's this quest for fame and you really don't know what it does to your head. You'll be a working machine. You'll be in a system. And I'm not even talking about some secret societies, which I'm sure they exist. I'm not talking about the Illuminati, which I'm sure that exists. I'm not talking about the pay-to-play. I'm not talking about the casting couch. I mean, the psychic payment that's coming out of your soul when you are in an upper echelon of show business, like what happened to Michael Jackson, what happened to Whitney Houston, what happened to Prince, what happened to Elvis. My books, y'all, who well... When you're writing books, you have to know when to fold them, know when to say bye-bye to the character. My trademark attorney told me that Junkie Apocalypse is a trademark. I trademark Junkie Apocalypse. Yeah, it's my magnum opus, Big Tenderloin Junkie Book. It's a book that starts at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that's what I said. When the mayor just turned San Francisco upside down and allowed anybody with a tent to take over, particularly my neighborhood. So, I have a book about all that. I went through the craziest stuff imaginable. And it's in this book. And that's why I have the trademark, Junkie Apocalypse. I've got one book about a down-low black male. I've got another book about a young man that lives in a tent. I've got another book about a couple that meets cute. And there's more. You'll be seeing those book trailers next week, and the books should be out, uh, let's see, maybe a week, next Friday, before next Friday, before the holidays. But I'm not pushing anybody to buy them, and I thank you so much for listening. I come to you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm going to say today is Willful Wednesday. It's Willful Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Thank you so much for listening. New listeners, look at the show list. I did this show daily, 900 episodes, hell of an achievement, very psychodramatic, very funky, public cable access style. So take a listen. Thank you for being here. I love you. I trust my vibe. I am Dee Dee Dam, San Francisco Dam. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Dam with Dee Dee LaFrac. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Anchor App, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. <laughs>